This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday before Liverpool take on Bournemouth in the Premier League, at which point they get the opportunity opportunity to extend their lead at the top of the Premier League because this is your daily reminder that the Reds sit top of the league and in a cup semi-final leading after the first leg and in the FA Cup fourth round and into the knockout phases of the Europa League. The season is going swimmingly. It really is. Even with all the injuries, we're outperforming expectation. And all of those players are to come back by Joel Matip. Now, Mo Salah did go off in the Egypt game last night. And as we know, Mo never gets hurt. Jürgen said today in his press conference that he has spoken to Mo, that it is something. They don't know what. I would imagine there are people from Liverpool already in Africa having taken a flight last night to assess, to be of help. There'll be a scan. Look, the hope here is that he misses the Cape Verde game, that Egypt lose, finishing third in their group because Ghana should beat Mozambique and that Results in the other groups go against Egypt 
and they don't finish as one of the four best placed second or best placed third teams. Best third place teams is the words I was looking to put in order there. Yeah, best third place teams. And that Mo comes home, that they drop out in the group stage. And obviously, look, we all want Mo to do well. But it's much more important that he does well for us than for Egypt, from our point of view anyway. If you're Egyptian, obviously you'll feel differently. But I want Salah playing for Liverpool. I don't I don't care about his international football. I don't care about any of their international careers. If they win something great, like delighted for them, absolutely delighted for them. But it's much more important to me that they win stuff for Liverpool. So hopefully it's something minor, something that keeps them out for, you know, a week to ten days. And he misses the Cape Verde game. And even if they go through, maybe he misses the first knockout game and they go out. And then he's back and we have him back for Arsenal. Which would be massive if we could get him back in time for the Arsenal game. Absolutely massive. Because they're terrified of him. No matter what they say, they're absolutely terrified of him. Um, Jürgen did also give us updates. Andy Robertson is close to a return. Dominic Zabozlai is close to a return. Trent is close to a return. Now, it's believed that Trent is targeting the Chelsea game for his return. Robbo, by the sounds of things, could be back for Norwich, which is quicker than I thought. And Dominic, it sounds like he could be back for Fulham. So, this is really good news. Costas will also be back in the next couple of weeks from there assuming Mo's not out too long we get Mo back we'll get Endo back obviously at the end of the Asian Cup don't know how far Japan will go they haven't looked overly impressive thus far Uh, they're playing as we speak and they're losing 2-0 to Iraq Now, they did win their first game against Syria. No, not against Syria. Hang on. Against Vietnam. I think it was Vietnam they played. Um, And the, the group is weak outside of them in Iraq. It's Vietnam and Indonesia. So they'll win their other game. They will go through. And they will be one of the favourites to win it. So he's probably not going to be back for another couple of weeks. Um, Besetic and Thiago, it sounds like the plan is for them to return to training, first team training, at some point in February. Now, that could be the 1st of February, the 10th of February, the 27th of February. It could be the 29th of February this year. Um, so, it, you know, there's there's been no... No transparency on either of them. But at some point, you'd hope that they're available. Because it would be a nice boost, especially Thiago. I mean, Pesetic is a a nice young player. Thiago's one of the best midfielders in the world. And if we could get him back, and even if we had him for the last 10 to 12 games, and he got four starts and eight appearances off the bench... I mean, what a boost that would be. What an enormous boost that would be. 
that could really be what we need to get us over the finishing line in all the competitions. And if he does leave then at the end of the season, imagine if he got to leave with a pocket full of medals. Because he deserves them. Because he's a great, great player. And all the great players at the club deserve them. But it's really really promising and positive news from Jürgen in his press conference this morning. He's also spoken about Luis Diaz, how he believes he's starting to fight, excuse me, starting to find his best form. And again, that could be massive as well because, like, let's be fair, Luis Diaz has been largely a non-factor this season. He's had a, a handful of good games. He had a couple of decent games at the start of the season. He's been pretty good the last two games he's played. But in between that, he wasn't performing. Now, I know what happened with his parents, but he wasn't performing before that. So that's not the reason. But if he can spark into life, I mean, again, that's another massive boost for us. That's internal improvement, which is really, really positive. Um, Right, Andy Wales asked me if I could give five championship players that Liverpool could maybe be keeping an eye on as squad players or players that could be developed into into starters because the championship is absolutely loaded with talent. So I've got a list and I've got, I've actually got seven players. Three of them are from the one club and I couldn't decide which one. So I just decided I'd give you the three of them. So the first one we're going to go with is Jacob Greaves of Hull City. Now, we have been building a good relationship with Hull. Tyler Morton deal. Now the Fabio Carvalho deal. And there could be an opportunity here for us to snap up a very good young centre-back who, at the very least, would be great depth. A natural left-sided centre-back, a left-footer, can also play left side of a three. I think he'd be comfortable enough to start as a left back and shift into a back three. He's not the type that's likely to come in and kick up a fuss if he's not an automatic first starter. So if you had going into next season, let's say, if if Jürgen decides to extend Virgil, not extend Matip rather, which... I kind of feel like he will try to, even if it's just for one year, to help him get his feet back under him after the ACL tear. And if we went into the season with Virgil and Ibu, Matip, Greaves and Kwanzaa as a five-man unit, I think that's quite good. He's got decent pace. He's good in the air. He's a very good front foot defender, but he's also very good at reading the game and sweeping up behind other defenders. Comfortable on the ball. A lot of Liverpool fans have, rightly so, gotten infatuated with the idea of Jared Branthwaite of Everton. And maybe if Everton get relegated, there's the possibility that they'd sell him to us. Maybe. 
I mean, if Everton were relegated, if they do get another 10-point deduction and they just give up the ghost, I would I would be in favour of us throwing a double offer at them for Onana and Brantwaite. Because I think both of them would fit very well. Especially while we're doing, if, if we were to do the three box three. Because Brantwaite could start left back. He's got the pace. He's a little bit quicker than Greaves. And if you're playing a double pivot, Onana in there with Trent would be very, very interesting as a kind of roaming, wrecking, ball-winning, box-to-box, do-everything type of midfielder. But it's unlikely. So Jacob Greaves would be a good approximation of Jared Branthwaite. He's a little bit older than Branthwaite. He's 23 but he's a very, very good defender. And he's a very consistent player. He's been voted Hull's Young Player of the Year the last three seasons in a row. And I do wonder if maybe Morton and Cash gets that deal done for us. Now, I mentioned Onana. And again, that one's very unlikely. So an approximation of him could be Pierre Equa of Sunderland. 22-year-old French midfielder was in the Chelsea Academy. Then he got nicked from there by West Ham. And it was quite the coup when West Ham got him. And then somehow David Moyes just decided he wasn't what he was looking for. When in actuality, he is absolutely what West Ham need in midfield right now next to Edson Alvarez. But he's been at Sunderland now since January. And... January of last year. And he's been really, really good. He's very, very consistent. He can do a little bit of everything. Very powerful player. Absolutely gallops up and down the pitch. Good ball winner. He's not a great passer, but he's the type that knows that he's not a great passer. So he doesn't try to be a great passer. He's clever, but he can break the lines with his passing Keeps things simple when he needs to. And doesn't seem to have some big ego where he feels like he has to be the one to do the flashy thing. He's happy to let his teammates do that while he does a lot of the dirty work in the graft. At 22, he's got an awful lot of runway ahead of him. He's definitely one that I think we should be keeping an eye on at the very least. Uh, Three players from one club because I couldn't decide which one I wanted to go with. Uh, That club is Watford. I tried to avoid going for the obvious. So like, you know, the Southampton players, the Leicester players. Kieran and Dewsbury Hall is the best player in the championship, but we don't have a need for him. And Leicester, frankly, aren't going to sell him because they're going to get promoted again. Um, Kyle Walker-Peters, I would argue, is probably the second best player in the championship. He's far too good for that level, as is Dewsbury Hall. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Could we use a backup right back who can also cover left back? Yeah, I mean, he'd be a really good squad addition, but it's an obvious one. I've only got one player from the three clubs who went down. So I was trying to look at other clubs and what they have to offer. And Watford, despite the chaos around that club all the time, despite the fact that they are, they're run very much like an Italian club. Obviously, they've got Italian owners. They don't operate in the way English clubs normally do. But what they do is they find incredible talent. They brought Richarlison to England. They bought, brought Joe Pedro to England. They bought Purvis Estupinen to England initially. It was them that found him. He never got to play for them because he couldn't get a work permit. So they had him out on loan for a couple of years. And then when he was eligible for a work permit, they were struggling financially. So they sold him to Villarreal. And obviously he ends up a year later or two years later going to Brighton. And now he's arguably the best left back in the league. But it was Watford who found him. They've got this brilliant network in South America. And it's not just Watford, it's Udinese as well. And Udinese made their bones on finding, cracking players and and selling them on. Uh, The one bit of credit I would give that ownership, um, the Pozo family, is that they do have an incredible scouting network in South America so the first player here is Yasser Espria, the Colombian international. Can play as a 10, can play wide, can play in midfield. I, I He does not a natural fit for him into our team. He'd be a good squad player for us as a yeah, backup to Dominic or whatever. But we're already quite well stocked in that area. But he's just so talented. And he's so much fun to watch. If you get the opportunity to watch Watford, I do highly recommend it because there's there's at least three really, really talented players that I think people will enjoy watching. Uh, the next one is Ishmael Kone, the Canadian international, born on the Ivory Coast, moved to Canada as a youngster, was at Montreal, and Watford snapped him up last January. Sort of a do-everything dynamic, ball-winning, box-to-box midfielder who absolutely could play as a six. With some coaching, he could absolutely play as a six. He's only 21. Big, powerful athlete. I think he'd be a really good addition to our midfield. I, I don't think we have anyone like him. But he's really, really good. A little bit surprising that he decided to play for Canada, but he's already picked up 16 caps. But he could, he would be starting for the Ivory Coast right now if he decided to declare for the country of his birth. But the positive of him declaring for Canada is you don't lose him for AFCON mid-season because the Gold Cup tends to be on in the summer. But he'd be a very, very good addition in my view. 
like I said, he's only 21. There's a huge, huge runway in front of him for development. And under someone like Klopp, with the development staff that we have, I think the sky is the limit for him. He will be a big money departure from Watford in the next 18 months. Uh, then I've got the third player from Watford, who's actually on loan from Udinese, though he's never actually played for Udinese. They bought him from Fluminense. He's been on loan at Watford for a year now, second half of last season and now this season. As Matthias Martins, really exciting winger, great 1v1, beats players for fun, has a good final ball. He's showing real potential in front of goal as well. He's got five this season, which for a mid-table championship team playing as a winger is a pretty good return, especially given he's only 20 years of age. But he's definitely one that I think is worth keeping an eye on when they've tapped into that Fluminense well, really, really well, not to use the same word twice, but he can play all across the front line. I think he's very much a Jurgen Klopp type player. I think he's potentially, potentially the most talented of the three that they've bought from Fluminense. They obviously brought Richarlison in from there. They brought Jao Pedro in from there. I think he could be the most talented of the three. And if you look at how Jao Pedro has developed, even just this season, I think there's real promise with, with Matthias Martins. Um, so that's the three from Watford. Uh, next up then, number four on my list, and this is not in, in order of preference. This is just how I have them listed out. Uh, Milan Van Uyck of Coventry. Now, you might say he's a 23-year-old playing in the championship. Yeah, he is. But I think this kid has enormous potential as a right-back. Lightning quick, brilliant 1v1 defender. He's about 5'10", 5'11". He's decent in the air. He's stocky. He's well-built. He's not quite Kyle Walker-level pace, but he's not far off it. He's a better on-ball player than Kyle Walker, and I think he's going to be a better defender than Walker if he gets the right move and if he develops properly. I think he can be a tremendous right-back. He has everything you'd want. He's not going to be... Like, he's not going to be a Reese James, Trent, Hakimi type of attacker. But he's good enough going forward. He's got really good technique. And he is he could be great defensively. Like, genuinely great. He could be the defender that people think Aaron Wambasak is. They played Leicester at the weekend. Stephen Mavadidi is arguably the player of the season in the championship thus far. And Milan Vanuik just put him in his pocket. He he has the knock I'd have on him is he does have a slight tendency to switch off. His focus does tend to drift. That can be addressed. And when you've got Virgil barking at you, that will quickly be addressed. Coventry paid three and a half million for him. I think if you threw ten million at them in the summer, I think they'd take it. Now 
it may not be that we have a big need in that role if Joe Gomez is going to be the backup right back. But I think this kid, if we were looking to move Trent into midfield and go to a four box two, and we were looking for a defensive right back who could get forward, had pace, could add more pace to our back line, because, you know, it's never never a bad thing to have too much pace. I think he's worth worth considering. I really do. In a, in a right back market that isn't robust, and people would throw out names like Jeremy Frimpong and stuff like that. Jeremy Frimpong in a back four would get exposed defensively and would lose a decent amount of what makes him so special going forward. Jeremy Frimpong is a wing back. Milan Van Uyck is a proper right back. And I think he'd give us I think he'd give us a lockdown defender there. I think you could put him up against pretty much any left winger. And I think he'd hold his own. The likes of Vinicius and Kavicha obviously would be a huge test for him. They're the two best on the planet. Talking Premier League. I don't think he'd have too many problems with Martinelli. He's got physicality, he's got speed, and he's got the technical ability. He's got the defensive awareness as well. It is just about focus. If he could stay locked in, he'd be in the Premier League already. Came through the Feyenoord Academy, didn't make the grade there, was moved on, found his way to ADO Den Haag in in the the Hague, had two good seasons there, or season and a half. Then he moved to Heronveen, and he has he was very highly regarded coming from there when Coventry bought him. But you know, some players take roundabout paths. Some players are late bloomers. Virgil was a late bloomer. I don't think you rule him out just because he hasn't had the traditional path to the top. And my last player is probably the most obvious one that everybody knew I was going to put on here, which is Archie Gray. I, I. I I think this kid is, I think he's incredible, to be quite honest. He is a midfielder who's starting at right back, game in, game out, for a top championship team. And he is turning in 8 out of 10 performances almost every week. If you wanted to move Trent into midfield and you wanted a ball playing right back, I'd buy Archie Gray. If you wanted the next big English midfield prospect, I'd buy Archie Gray. Archie Gray is impressing me more this season than Jude Bellingham did in this season with Birmingham. Now, I don't... Jude has a very special upside because of what he can do in the final third, which is why Jude's value will continue to soar. Players that are kind of defensive third and middle third players, they'll never have that same upside because goals are the most valuable thing in football, although clean sheets should be, but goals are. But Archie Gray has the ability to be the player people think Declan Rice is. And he could be that player in three years. Whereas Rice is 24 and not that player. Archie Gray could be that player by 20. We, we missed out on Jude Bellingham because our only real chance to sign him was, was going to be from Birmingham. It wasn't going to be from Dortmund. We needed to get him before he made the move to Dortmund. 
And it will be the same with Archie Gray. If we want to get him, we have to get him from Leeds. Now, he's just signed his first pro contract. That doesn't mean a whole lot. If Leeds don't go up this season, and right now you would say they'll be in the playoffs. Don't know if they'll be the favourites to come out of the playoffs, but they'll be in the playoffs. But if they don't get promoted, they're going to have to do some belt tightening because when they got relegated, they did move on a number of players, but they lost money on a lot of the players they'd bought in during their stay in the Premier League. Like Robin Cock, they're after losing big money on. Diego Llorente, they'll, they'll lose money on. They loaned out a bunch. Not many of them are really playing at a high level, like performing at a high level. So I don't think they're helping their values. So I could see a situation where, come the summer, Leeds have to make a painful sale. Now, they have a couple of options for that. Nanto would be one. I think they'd love to keep him and develop him because he could be very, very special. Somerville is obviously one that's been linked to a number of clubs as well. He'd bring in a decent fee. If you look at the ones they have on loan, I mean, Jack Harrison, I think it's 20 million. Um, Sam Greenwood is talented, but won't bring a huge fee. Sinistera is very good, but he's not getting in the Bournemouth team at the moment. I think they'd lose money on him. Robin Cock, they have lost money on. Lorente, they'll lose money on. Mark Rocker, they're going to lose money on. Brandon Ar- Brendan Aronson, it wasn't going very well at Union Berlin uh, early in the season. He- he's not a regular in their team, but maybe in the back half of the year, but he might be one that they end up keeping. Um, I mean, Jorginho Rooter, they paid big money for. He's having a pretty good season, but I still think they'd lose some money on him. Joel Perot, they only just bought when they went down. Ethan Ampadu, they bought when they went down. They'll lose their arse on Junior Firpo. It might just get to the point where they need a big sale, and the biggest sale they could make is Archie Gray. Because I think they'd get $40 million from this summer, and I think we should pay that. I know I've been banging the Bubakar Kamara drum, and the rumour is his buy-in is $60 million. But I feel like we'd be better off if we bought Archie Gray and Lamine Kamara from Mets for $55 million and got two absolutely elite young midfielders. Kamara's 20, Gray is 17. Gray can play right back. Kamara can play every midfield role, but I think he'll he'll be a six. I think he could be a special six. Archie Gray would be pretty close to top of my list for players to buy this summer. He is very, very talented, very, very special. And the thing with him is he has the physicality to go with the, the technical ability. He's 6'2". You can tell he's going to really bulk out and have a very, very strong physique. He's got a big frame. And he's so good on the ball. And he's such a smart player as well. You just don't see 17-year-olds with that level of maturity. Like, remember, this guy was making the bench at Leeds at 15. Now, he wasn't getting 
on the onto the pitch. But they were having him in and around the squad at 15 in the Premier League because they know what they have there. They know that they have the next great English midfielder. That's what he is. He is the next great English midfielder. He is going to be, barring injury, he is going to be absolutely top drawer. Um, Anfieldindex.com. There is a piece about David Hanko, um, a piece about the anthems of Anfield. Stephen Smith talking about the January transfer window. There is a piece about David Wagner versus Jurgen Klopp. Dave Davis has his press his press conference pod up after this morning's press conference. He also has the player special edition of the songs of Anfield. And then there is the latest scouted. There's also a new rivalry con as well. So do give all of those a listen when you get a chance. And finally, if you could do me a big favor, myself and the good brother, Trev Downey are taking an adventure with the buzz podcast. And we're going to try and do at least one every week, but ideally two every week. There will be some weeks where it's only one because of scheduling, but we're going to try and do two every week. Now, last night we recorded the first two. We're going to go episode by episode of True Detective Season 4. So it obviously aired Sunday night in the States, Monday night in the UK. We recorded last night. It's out this morning. You'll find it if you go to my Twitter or to the Anfield Index Twitter, or you go to Travis Twitter, you'll, you'll find it there. I would ask everybody to give it a listen, see what you think, and maybe join us on a journey that's non-football related. <clears throat> we'll throw in the odd football reference because it's who we are, but it's something new and exciting that we're both looking forward to hopefully making a real go of. And we also did Saltburn. So it'll be out... Sunday, most likely. Maybe Monday, but it'll be out Sunday, Monday. It's the hot film at the moment. There's a lot of controversy around it. There's no middle ground on this film. People either love it or they hate it. And to me, that's just all very silly. So give that one a listen when it comes out. But do do give um, True Detective a listen. I will say the True Detective one, it is spoiler heavy. So if you haven't seen the first episode... Watch the episode first before you listen to the podcast. But we are going to go episode by episode. We'll do a total of seven episodes on it, one for each episode, and then a wrap-up at the end. We're also likely going to do Masters of the Air, which is the latest installment from the group that brought you Band of Brothers and the Pacific. Um, I believe it starts on the 26th, so... We'll have that as well. So we'll do those two. That will probably be our two a week for a few weeks um, while True Detective is on the air. We're going to do, like I said, whatever film comes out is topic of conversation. We'll do nostalgic films. We'll do our own personal films. We'll, we might do theme months. We might do a month of bad films that are kind of iconic or cult classics. We might do a month where we do a tribute to a certain actor 
we might just do a one-off episode about an actor, or we could do a month where we do, say, four Denzel Washington movies or four Tom Hanks movies or four Matthew McConaughey movies or whoever, uh, or, you know, four Jodie Foster movies, four Meryl Streep movies, something like that, uh, or four by a director, something like that. So we're going to try and make it as wide-ranging as possible, make it more of a pop culture podcast, so potentially the scope that we might do a bit of music on it. You know, we might do a book on it. It can be whatever we want it to be. But what we're going to definitely do, any big TV event, so season four of True Detective, Masters of the Air, when House of the Dragon returns, when Rings of Power returns, we will do episode by episode on them as a companion to the show. And it would be very, very cool if people would throw their weight behind us because it's something we want to make work. And it's something different. It's something away from the football sphere. And uh, we're both quite excited about that. And on the topic of podcasts away from the football sphere, do, of course, make sure you're listening to The Great Stories, which is Trev's solo gig that he does, which is just outstanding. Whether it's just you're looking for an hour to kill and you want someone to tell you a great short story and then have a chat about it. Whether you need some help sleeping. Now, this is not to say that Trev is boring, but Trev's voice is very soothing. You could listen to Trev talk all day. And I find that I sleep better when I've got an audio book or something playing, which doesn't go down very well all the time, so I've had to buy um, very kind of small headphones that don't annoy me when I'm asleep, but allow me to listen to audiobooks. And um, sometimes I will listen to, to the great stories as I fall asleep. And it does help because I have, I have quite a bit of trouble falling asleep and um, neck pain, back pain, just general, my mind going a million miles an hour. So uh, sometimes I just need someone to tell me a story and <laughs> I'm off to sleep. I go like a toddler. But yeah, so you could use it for that purpose either. But do give the great stories a listen. Give the Buzz podcast a listen. And I will see you on Tuesday because I'm not here Monday because I have an appointment, um, which hopefully is is very quick and straightforward and not at all as scary as I've made it out in my head. See you Tuesday. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.